we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church.
of Christmas, do you feel called to worship? Yes. Amen. As we begin to continue to look up, raise our hearts and our, our minds heavenward, listen to this scripture, Luke 2, 13, 14. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. May he smile on our gathering today. May the worship that we bring him in this next hour cause him to rejoice as we rejoice over him. Hymn 88 is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Let's stand together. Let's sing. Would you welcome those around you in worship this morning?
Amen. What sweet fellowship we have together. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here. If you are a guest with us this morning, we would love to get to know you. The way we do that are these guest registration cards that look like this, should be in the pew back in front of you. If you would take one of those and put your name on it, put the offering plate at the end of the service, we would, we would love to get to know you. Our God, throughout the scriptures, made promise after promise. And do you know that every one of those promises that God made in his scriptures, he kept. God promised that he would come. God promised that he would send a Messiah. God promised that he would redeem. God promised that he would bring hope and he would bring healing. And in all of it, God fulfilled that promise in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we gather today thanking the Lord for keeping his promise through the scriptures for eternity. And we worship a Lord who will never fail us or forsake us, a God who will never let us down. Though this world come at us from every angle, God is gracious and good, loving his children and bringing us together to celebrate again today. So let's praise that Lord and let's pray to him now. Our Father, we are grateful and humbled to be in your midst, to gather together and, and recognize your goodness and to experience your spirit. And Lord, we pray that as we gather in this place that your spirit would move in a mighty way, holy ways that are beyond our explanation and beyond our efforts. Lord, that we would look and see and know it is God, you unmistakable. So Lord, come. Come and be a part of this worship that we may be more like you, that we may know you and be transformed by your love and your power. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. How have you magnified Jesus this Advent season? How have you magnified Jesus in your life? The truth is that we're talking about magnify all month long, but, but our hope is that every day that we shine with the love of Jesus in all that we do. So in the first week, we looked at magnifying his life that he came to walk among us. The second week, we magnified his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Last week, we looked at his, his mission. What did he come to do? He came to seek and save that which is, which is lost. And today we, we look at his majesty. Follow along in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, and just know that there will come a day for all of creation. Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him.
and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. That is what we are here to proclaim today. Good Christian men, rejoice. Let's stand together and sing this hymn 96. Continue to worship. Amen. Children, come on down. Meet me right over here. We want to take this time, too, to welcome our TV congregation. Thank you for being a part of our church. We love sharing in that ministry with you. So thank you for being here with us today. Morning. You can help me? Okay, perfect. Good. Thank you. All right. Come on down, everybody. Hey, Charlie. It's good to see you all this morning. Amen. A couple more coming. A couple more coming down. So I want to I hear from you this morning. So as we, as we think about this Christmas break, we've got, we've got some time the next couple of weeks. What... what what are your big plans for Christmas? Let's first, let's kind of go this way. You over here, what, are, you, are you having big plans for Christmas? What do you, you want to do over Christmas break? We're going to my grandma's. Going to grandma's, yeah? Um, what do you think? What, what, do you want, what, do you want, what are your big plans over Christmas? Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Sleep's a good one. <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do you got? Spend time with family. Spend time with family. Yeah, one more. What, what do you want to do over Christmas break? Open presents, that's right, that's a good one, right? Let's kind of come this way now. What, what, do you, what do y'all plan on doing on Christmas break? Eat my mom's famous quiche. Eat some quiche, your mom's, yeah, that's good. Eat ham. Eat ham, yeah. Um, stay, um, stay here for my first Christmas and then good. I'll go to Houston for our second. Fun, yeah, have first Christmas here, second Christmas in Houston. What else? What? 
Man, we're getting a lot of Christmases around here, right? Yeah, traveling and going. What else? Any other big plans over Christmas break? What are, what are your big plans? Wrapping presents. Wrapping presents? Oh, you better hurry. It's coming close. Ooh, that's exciting, having your second Christmas in New House. Yeah, one more. What are your big Christmas plans? Eating. Those are always good plans. Now, we think about this. I want you to listen in the story today. The story in the scripture today, we're, we're focusing a lot in on Joseph, but Mary and Joseph too. And Joseph had plans, and God came in and changed those plans. You know, sometimes God does that. Sometimes our plans don't work out. But you know, God's plans always do. In fact, I hope over this Christmas break, we don't forget who our God is, but make sure we plan to be with God and spend time in prayer, spend time in your scripture, spend time thinking of the Lord, because this is a time that's set aside for him. And one of the things you'll notice in the scripture today, that, that Joseph, Joseph's plan, uh, plans were changed by God for the better. You're going to leave? Oh, well, we're going to miss you. I hope you all have a good trip. Well, good. I hope that's going to be a good Christmas break. And you know what? Sometimes we, when we plan to do things, God changes those things for his purposes and his ways. And so that's what we're acknowledging. Come help me. Don't help me do the candle. And we're going to light the candle. And this is a candle for the majesty of Christ. Now, what we recognize in his majesty... You want to take that? Here we go. Light this last one. Come look right here, right here. Perfect. Now we light this candle. You blow it out. Blow that one out. Good job. We light this candle because our God is overall, including over all time, over all of our schedules, over all of our lives, over Christmas break. He is the one who deserves all the glory and the majesty. And so we light that in praise and honor of him who was, who is, and who is to come. Okay, let's pray together and we'll worship. Lord, we thank you for this time together today. And Lord, we pray that as we submit this day to you, Lord, that you'd be blessed and honored. And Lord, we pray that you would take care of us. Let us have a good Christmas. Let us be near you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Good job. Can I light the next candle? Well, I think that's the last, last one. What sweeter music can we bring than a carol for to sing the birth of this, our heavenly king? So as we consider what gift we can, let us, let us bring our worship. Hymn number 90, let's stand together and, and sing this.
be seated. Continue to worship.
Amen. If you would, find your listening sheet. Looks like this. We will be reading today from Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now, I know this isn't reverse. This week we're taking a Christmas reverse break. Looking at this text in Matthew 1. If you would, stand with me and we'll read. This then is the text for today. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and called his name Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word. There are a lot of expectations when you are engaged. There are expectations of a certain kind of wedding. There's expectations of what might come next. You know, I visit with a, a lot of couples in premarital counseling. You know, one of, one of the, the major things that so many couples wrestle with is they, they come with these expectations that they're going to have and make as much money as their parents. And so, so many of them have to come to grips with the reality of life anew in this new family together. You know, we have to work through that one. There's another one that we often also have to work through. There's also this expectation of no fighting, where sometimes couples come in and they say, oh, we, we've never had a fight before. And so we talk about how to fight well. <laughs> now, I'm not sure when, when Amy and I got engaged, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if we dealt with those things. I'm sure we dealt with both of them. But we were certainly moving forward in faith because there were some expectations that I was dealing with before we got married. Even just a month or so before we were married, we didn't know where we would live and we didn't know what I was going to do for a job. I had put my resume out for youth ministry positions uh, a number of different places, heard back from a couple of them, but it was obviously not right. The churches that I heard from were unhealthy. They weren't good situations. They weren't places that we wanted to be or needed to be. And I, I was discouraged by all of it. Now, I was wondering, are, are my expectations too much? Or what, what am I even expecting for us? I mean, surely we, we need a, a job. Surely we need a place to live. And then we got the call from the First Baptist Church of Covington, Texas, near Hillsboro. 
And, you know, at that point, um, my expectations had turned to about nothing. In fact, I had almost given up on what that would be. If, when, I, when I had a message from the First Baptist Church of Covington, uh, I almost didn't return the call. I was expecting it to be just like everything else, just like everybody else we had heard from. But, you know, God said, that's not the way this works out. As I was expecting them to be like every other opportunity that wouldn't work, we finally talked and those expectations were shattered. They were a great church. In fact, they had a scholarship to cover my seminary for me. The chairman of the deacons had a house for us to live in that he, he charged us uh, next to nothing to rent. They were willing to let Amy and I uh, get married and go on our honeymoon and all of those things before I began work there. You know, one of, one of our fondest memories, too, is when we look back on that wedding video. You see, in the video in, in attendance that day were several people from First Baptist Church of Covington where we hadn't even started yet. It was a beautiful thing. And we, we were confused. I was confused about what was next. I didn't even know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen in the days to come. But God knew all along what he was doing. It's amazing how we get all worked up over not knowing what's next. When God has it all figured out, God has always had it figured out. You know, it doesn't matter what's next for us. It doesn't even matter what happens tomorrow or next week or next year because God has it in store. God has it in his plans. God has it in his heart. God can see ahead and God is ahead. God has it all figured out. But you know, Mary and Joseph had to wonder what, what's going on in today's text. They thought they had everything right. They, they went through the engagement period like they were supposed to. They were going to get married like everyone else got married. They were going to start a family just like everybody else started a family. Those were perfectly legitimate expectations. And yet they were shattered. Around the four-month mark or so, Joseph finds out Mary's pregnant. And this is the last thing that he expected. But we have this, this remarkable story in Joseph here we see in the text. He, he takes the high road here. He's noble. A, a lesser man would have made an example out of her. Technically, Joseph could have sought the death penalty for her in these moments. But he defies convention here. And he decides within himself he's going to do the right thing. And so with this inner resolve, he says, I'm going to divorce her privately. No spectacle. We'll, we'll keep it small with as little as two witnesses. We can sign a bill of divorce. And, and we can do this peacefully. And you can be on your way. That was the best way forward for both. In fact, as, as a nobleman, as a gentleman, that would have been the perfect way forward for them. But God said, that's not the way this works. That's not the way this is going to play out. I have something different in store for you. You know, interestingly, the nation of Israel was expecting a Messiah. See, all through the Old Testament, you see arrows pointing ahead to the Christ but you know, the overwhelming hope of the nation in the time of Jesus' birth was to be set free from the Romans. Israel is now living under Roman occupation, and they want it finally to be set free. They've been plagued with impossible political situations, and their hope of hopes is that the Messiah would take them out of this. They had dealt with it for centuries from the Assyrian invasion to the Babylonians to the Persians to the Greeks, and now the Romans, they were stuck under political, political oppression. 
And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do as a nation. They thought our only hope is if God would come down, send a Messiah, and take care of this political mess that we have been in, to set us free from the chains of Rome that we might govern ourselves. But you know what God said? That's not the way this plays out. That's not the way this works. It's hard when our expectations never rise to reality. It's one of the first hurdles young couples have to recognize and realize and deal with, that your expectations may not be where reality lies. Same thing with young Christians. We have to wrestle with the reality of life when we have expectations that are over here or over there when they may not be what God intended for us. You see, when God says, that's, that's not the way this plays out, when God says, that's not the way this works, for so many of us as Christians, even in this room, when God says, that's not the way this works out, we see it as a tragedy. And it seems tragic because we, we think amongst ourselves, God, God brings us all together, and he brought us here to shatter our dreams. But see, that's not what God's doing. When God says, that's not the way this works out, it's not because he's shattering your dreams. It's because there's something holy on the horizon. He's saying, I've got something greater in store for you. I have a hope and a life that's greater than anything that you can imagine this morning. And what are, whatever dreams are being shattered are nothing in comparison to the hope of the glory of the Lord. See, God doesn't just wipe out our dreams for his own pleasure. God takes your expectations, and as he's doing this, he takes your expectations and he exposes their limitations. See, they're, they're limited by time and physics. They're, they're limited by life on this earth. They're limited by sin and pain. God says, I want to chart a course for you that is different. I'm going to chart a course for you that values eternity. All of our expectations are filled to the brim with depreciation. But God doesn't deal in depreciation. God gives for eternity. God gives us those things which last, that will endure the fire and test of time and will last into eternity so that we'll have it forever in the kingdom of God. You see, Joseph had expectations in that moment, expectations that would fix the moment. He said, we've come to this dilemma, we've come to this crisis in life, and I've got the perfect noble solution. It would have taken care of that day, but it wouldn't have taken care of today. You see, Joseph would have fixed that moment, but God intervened with expectations that would fix eternity. Joseph was in his full legal right to send Mary away, and God intervened. Praise Jesus, God intervened. He intervened with truth. When the situation seemed impossible, God intervened as only God can. When it got to this point where it seemed like there was no way out, where they were up against a wall, God intervened and says, this is the way forward. I will show you a new way, a holy way, a perfect way through the wall, through those expectations to something that is good and something that is lasting. See, God sent his angels. God spoke through the prophets. God spoke through dreams. God revealed exactly what Joseph needed to do that day. This was Joseph's moment to be faithfully obedient unto the Lord, to trust God and cling to the truth. That's what God was saying, just trust me and cling to this truth and what I have in store for you 
is momentous. What I have in store for you is going to change the course of this world. And that's what he did. God redirected Joseph. And in part of that redirection, gave him a name for the baby. It was another beautiful moment of obedience for Joseph as he marries Mary, and they named their child exactly what God told them to name. And well, there are two names. We've got Emmanuel, we've got Jesus, both meant to be perfect descriptions of who he would be. It's not, it's not a first name, middle name scenario. This, this is a description of, of who this baby was to be, Emmanuel, God with us. This baby would be an eternal reminder that God is near and accessible. God, God brings him down near to us. God, God isn't a, a distant God off in the heavens somewhere on his own, but comes in near to his creation, near to his people. And he hugs his people and says, I love you, I am with you, I will forgive you and support you. He wraps his arms around the prodigal son, bringing them in. You see, to, the, to this mind and to this end, we see as Matthew continues on, we get, we get to the end of the book and, and get towards the ascension. And Jesus promises the last words in the book of Matthew, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Keeping that promise, being near to his people. Now, Israel would not have taken issue with Emmanuel. That, that makes sense. But they did struggle with Jesus, or at least how it's described in verse 21. All God's people, his people in that day were expected to be saved from the Romans. But that isn't what verse 21 says, does it? You know, we fall into the same trap. We, we like the idea of Yahweh saves or Yahweh helps. But we, we like putting into their uh, uh, full description of how we think Yahweh should save and how God should help. And in fact, we like the idea of God saving us from whoever is the big bad opponent of the day. But you know, God does something different. God says it doesn't play out that way. In fact, God has something of eternity in mind. God sent Jesus not to save them from the Romans, not to save them from disease. God sent Jesus to save his people from their sins. For no other way, for no other purpose, to save his people from their sins. You know, the, the last thing we want to hear, the last thing that any of us want to hear is that we are the problem. But let me remind you with Scripture that you are the problem, or at least your flesh is the problem. Jesus Christ came to save you from yourself. That's how you should hear the name of Jesus, that he came to save you from yourself and to save you from that which you've gotten yourself into, to save you from the temptations that you have been unable to say no to. Jesus Christ has come to save you out of all of those traps that you've fallen into. You see, for all that's wrong with the world, for each and every tragedy that we have seen, God is reminding us in the manger that the most effective and powerful thing that God has done on this earth was done on the cross. See, that was the work of God. That was his power and his might on full display. That's what Jesus came to do. He was born of a baby to go to the cross so that you would be saved from yourself.
That's why he came. See, what you need this morning isn't on your Christmas list. What you need this morning isn't to get the budget in order. What you need this morning isn't social cares or political concerns. The greatest eternal need of your life this moment is redemption from the curse of sin that is on your life. Each and every one of us face that curse. But by the name of Jesus Christ, Yahweh saves. This curse has lingered on humanity since the time of Adam, but God says it doesn't have to be this way. This is not the way this plays out. God is a God of forgiveness, from the beginning offering forgiveness. Through Genesis, and we, we get into the, 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 um, to the time of the temple, and he's offering a way out in the temple offerings. He's saying, I will take you out of this turmoil of sin and all that's inflicted upon your life, and I will save you and I will forgive you. We move out of the, the, the temple period, we move into the time of Christ, and this is exactly what Christ has come to do. See, the birth of Jesus Christ was God intervening in time and history so that you could be forgiven today. That's the message, that's the word. You are forgiven today. Jesus didn't come to heal people of diseases. He didn't come to show off his creative skills. He didn't come to show them, hey, I can walk on water. Jesus didn't come to help you accomplish whatever you need to accomplish this week. It's, it, Jesus didn't come to take care of your to-do list. Jesus came to save you from yourself, to give you a way out of temptation, to break those chains of sin. And until you realize that sin is the greatest threat in your life, Jesus Christ is of no use to you. We have to recognize this truth. God is intervening this day. You know, one of the difficulties of this time of year being in the holiday season is that it gives us another excuse. Because often our excuse before the Lord is tomorrow or when I get it in order. Often our excuse before the, the Lord is, Jesus, I will follow you and I will follow you tomorrow or I'll follow you after Christmas. Let's get through the holidays, then we'll make it right. Or, or, or Jesus, I'll follow you in 2020. This will be a perfect thing to put on my New Year's resolution list. I will follow you in 2020 with all of my heart and with all that I am. But do you, do you see the problem with that? Do you see the difficulty with those? Is, is Scripture itself tells us that you're not promised tomorrow. You, you're, not, you're not promised Christmas Day. You're not promised 2020. And the call of Jesus Christ on our lives is follow me today. And if you would follow me today, I will show you the glory of the kingdom of God. Why well, put off until tomorrow when you can do it today, when you can follow Jesus Christ today, this day? That's what I've called you to do. Je Jesus hasn't called us to follow him tomorrow. He didn't call us to follow him in 2020. He said, you don't even need to worry about that. Don't even worry about the things that might change and the ways I might come into your life in 2020. My call on your life is for you to follow me today, this Sunday. Come and follow the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you. Surrendering before your throne. Opting into the kingdom of God.
listening to your word, clinging to your Christ. Lord, we are here and we are before you. So Lord, we pray that you would take our hearts and mold them into something holy. Lord, on our own, we are worthless. But in you, we find holiness. So we ask you to come. We ask you to come and move and work on our hearts and give us the courage and the strength to be faithful today. Lord, I I don't know if we're going to have the courage and strength for tomorrow, but Lord, give us the courage and strength to be faithful unto you today. And it's in this name of our Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of response now. And everybody in here is going to respond to God in some way this morning. So how are you, how are you going to respond? Let's, let's be resolved to, to respond obediently unto the Lord. And let me give you a few options. One of, one of the options, you can turn your listening sheet over and start to journal. Put down on paper how God's working in your heart, how God's moving in your heart this morning. Put it down and be committed. The altar is open. Come use these, these steps to pray. Surrender unto the Lord what you need to surrender to him today. Praise him as you need to praise him today. But come down and pray with us here. Um, Brian and I will be down here at the front ready to receive you. If you want Brian or I to pray with you, we'd be happy to do that. If you want to accept Christ or become a part of this church, this is the time. As we sing, come down and see Brian or myself. This is the time to do it. We're going to sing. We're going to sing cheerfully. We're going to give. We're going to give cheerfully. We're going to respond. We're going to respond cheerfully. This is all as joy unto the Lord. Now, those of you who respond uh, seated, remain seated and respond. And the rest of us, let's stand and respond obediently unto our Lord.
please continue to worship as we do so now through our giving.
see it in your bulletin. Uh, a couple of things. One, tonight at 6 p.m., we will continue telling the story of Jesus Christ in our Lessons and Carols service this evening. So come and celebrate Christmas with us this evening. Then on, on Tuesday night, Christmas Eve, we have two services. One service is at 445, and that's for those who have lost a loved one, who are mourning this Christmas season. And um, we appreciate it if you would RSVP to that service, um, so we'll know that you're coming, um, but that'll be a time for us uh, to mourn and prepare for Christmas at 445. Then at 530, we will have our candlelight Lord's Supper um, service, and that's always a sweet time in the life of this church, so we hope you'll come and spend Christmas Eve with us. I do want to make one 2020 plug. As we look ahead, every year we do a strategic planning process. It's January 17 and 18. It's a Friday night or a Saturday morning. You come to one or the other, and this is a time for us to pray and listen, hear from the Lord about what God might have in store for our church in 2020. And everybody's invited to be a part of that process. In fact, we, we would love you to come and be a part of that with us. We, we take this time um, seriously as a staff, as your ministers, and so come and share with us in that time. Mark that on your calendars, January 17 and 18. We do have a welcome to the world today from Quinjay and Celeste their new baby daughter, Ava Grace Banda. So we, we thank the Lord for them and this new life that's been brought into this world. You also see in front of me the altar flowers given to the glory of God by Mr. and Mrs. Jimmy Thurmond Jr. in loving memory of Mr. and Mrs. Jimmy Thurmond Sr. who were married on Christmas Day, 1926. So we praise the Lord for them and for Jimmy. Um, one last thing. Today we have a special opportunity. Um, Tyler Wallace, would y'all come forward? This is Tyler and Wallace Fought. They are uh, two of our own. Yeah, you just come up here and go stand with me. They are two of our own that we love and have been praying for. And these two are about to go to Thailand uh, as missionaries. And so they're going to spend three years in Thailand serving with hopes of staying long-term. And so we're, we're grateful for them. We're grateful for their families. And this is what we'd like to do today. We're going to do something a bit different. As the service closes, Tyler and Wallace and I, we're going to go over into Blanchard Lounge. And we're going to pray together. And we, we want you to come pray with us. This is going to be a time of laying on of hands and commissioning them for this missionary service in Thailand. So before you leave and go to lunch today, come gather with us in Blanchard Lounge. It's just outside these doors and to the right. Um, you, you'll see us gathering in there. And you come and we're going to read a couple scriptures. And we're going to pray over this couple because we love them. And we know God's going to do a mighty work through them in Thailand. Amen? Amen. So, yeah, if y'all would just meet me after. Yeah, so praise the Lord. We're grateful for that work. Brian, would you come? Church family, this morning we welcome Daphne Russell, who is coming for membership by baptism upon her profession of faith in Christ. Yeah, if, if uh, we're so grateful she's coming for baptism. Uh, in fact, we're going to do it soon, and, and we're looking forward to that. And if you look forward in walking in faith with Daphne, would you say amen? Amen. amen. And we love, you. we love you. That's right. That's right. 
Also this morning, James and Martha Taplin are coming for membership by statement from a couple of other Baptist churches in other areas. Amen, amen. Yeah, if you look forward in walking in faith with James and Martha, would you say amen? Amen. And? We love you. That's right, that's right. Yeah, y'all just stay here. And then uh, also uh, coming this morning are Martha's parents, Michael and Connie Smith, uh, from Mount Olive Baptist Church in Crossett, Arkansas. Amen, amen. If you look forward in walking with Michael and Connie, would you say amen? amen. And? Now, this is what I'm going <laughs> to... That's right, love you too. That's good. So, since we're doing something a little bit different today with the, the, the prayer service over in Blanchard Lounge, um, this is what we're going to ask these uh, new ones, a part of our fellowship to do, is just kind of line up over there on the wall, because I'm not going to be at the door to greet y'all going out, because we're going to be going to pray. So, they're going to they're gonna line up over here along the wall. You come by, and you welcome all of these into this body of believers, okay? Amen. Thank you. Kind of grab your stuff. Great. Just a couple of things for me. First of all, I think I'm contractually obligated to uh, uh, call out anybody who joins with a bow tie. So I don't know if you saw <laughs> little, little guy there with a bow tie, but, but I, we love you. <laughs> also, uh, make sure you've got your DVR set for Christmas Day, 11 o'clock on KSAT 12. Um, it's a rebroadcast of uh, Christmas at First, or at least part of Christmas at First. And this really is a, a becoming a San Antonio tradition to, to have us in everyone's home on Christmas Day. So 11 o'clock, uh, we, we look forward to, to singing those songs again. So God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Let's stand together. Arise, your light has come.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.